chapter 6, verse number 11, the Bible says, And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, an oak which was in Ophrah, that pertained unto Joash the Abiezarite, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? Now watch what he says in verse 15. And he said unto him, O my Lord, says it again, wherewith, all shall, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am least in my father's house. So here's Gideon. God desires to use Gideon. Here's God deciding who he wants to use to lead this work. And notice real quickly tonight, first off, we see an unlikely leader, don't we? He says down in verse number 15, he says, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am least in my father's house. But you know that it didn't matter to God. If God desires to use you and I, which we know God desires to use us, in just a few minutes, we're going to walk over across the corridor over here. Our ministries are set up in the ministry marketplace, and you're going to have an opportunity to place your nail in one of the ministries that are there and to be used of God in that ministry to not only serve God, but to serve others. And oftentimes, we talk ourselves out of being used of God because of our lack of capability. And yet, folks, God's not looking for our capability, is he? was our most valuable asset it's our availability god says just give me your nail why god can use unlikely people let's keep reading quickly i'm going to give these to you fast chapter 7 verse number 7 so god says gideon i want you to lead an army and i want you to go and i want you to fight well gideon puts together an army of about 32,000 people I don't know about you, I'd be excited to go to war with 32,000 people because I'm thinking, you know what, the odds are even less that I'll get killed, you know? I got 32,000 people to protect me as we go into battle. Well, God tells him that's not enough. I mean, that's too many. God says you need to thin the army down a little bit. Now, I'm thinking to myself, if I'm Gideon, God, what are you thinking? You want me to go into battle against an army who numbers, the Bible says, like grasshoppers. They were an innumerable force. So God begins whittling the army down. Look at chapter 7, verse number 7. The Bible says, the Lord said unto Gideon, by the 300 men that lapped will I save you and deliver the Midianites into thine hand and let all the other people go, every man unto his place. God whittled an army of 32,000 down to 300. So first off, we see an unlikely leader. We see God using an unlikely person. Now we see God using an unlikely army. 300 people to go against an innumerable army. Now you're thinking to yourself, we're outnumbered. You look at the world, we feel like we're outnumbered, don't we? We're looking at the world and we feel like we're this small group of Christians. They're going to hold the Alamo until the Lord comes back. But can I tell you something tonight? It doesn't matter how many we are. The Lord can save by many. The Lord can save by few. Why? Because it's the Lord that's going to do the work through the people. So tonight, let's not look around and say, you know what? The world's got us outnumbered. God uses an unlikely army. There's only 300 people. Keep reading. Look down, if you will, to chapter number 12. God's about to give him an, un an unlikely plan. I'm sorry, chapter 7, verse 12. I'm sorry, chapter 7, verse 12. And the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the children of the east lay along in the valley like grasshoppers for multitude. 
And their camels were without number, and the sand by the sea for the multitude. And Gideon was come, and when Gideon was come, there was a man that told a dream unto his fellow and said, Behold, I dreamed a dream, and lo, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the host of Midian and came into a tent and smote it that it fell and overturned it that the tent lay along. Now, God's fixing to tell him how he's going to defeat this army. We keep reading, we find out God says here, I want you to go and surround these people. I want you to take 300 people and surround an innumerable army. You know what that is? That's an unlikely plan. You're thinking, that's not going to work. God wants this small army to go surround this great army. I mean, how could 300 people surround an innumerable army? Doesn't sound like a good plan, but can I tell you why it was a good plan? It was God's plan. God's plan's always a good, good plan, regardless of how good we think it looks. Now, we look at the world we're living in and we're thinking there's no way we're going to reach them. There's no way we can accomplish what God's called us to do. We can accomplish it. Why? Because it's God's plan and it's God's power. So God's using unlikely people, an unlikely army, has an unlikely plan. Look at the weapons, if you will, in verse 16. He divided the 300 men into three companies, and he put a trumpet in every man's hand with empty pitchers and lamps with the pitchers. Now, notice the unlikely weapons. He says, God says, I want you to surround the people. So we got 300 surrounding thousands. He says, okay, I want you to take some torches and put them in these clay pots. All right? So that's weapon number one. Weapon number two, I want you to take a trumpet. I want you to surround them, and God's going to give you victory with trumpets, pots, and torches. <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm thinking something's wrong with Gideon. Gideon's having a nervous breakdown because God's asked him to go fight thousands of people with just 300 men. Gideon, are you nuts? I mean, not a sword, not a gun, not a knife, not a throwing star, not even a sharp stick to poke them with. You want us to go to battle with a trumpet and some pots and a torch? And Gideon says, yeah, that's what I want you to do. Now, look, I bet you Gideon was all bold about it. But on the inside, he's thinking, God, I sure hope you're right. So they surround them with unlikely weapons, torches, pots, and trumpets. The Bible says that when the word was given, they broke the pots, which revealed the lights all around the army of the Amalekites. And they blew the trumpets, and the Amalekites wake up from their sleep, and they're looking around, and they see the hills. There's lights all around the hills. They hear the blast of the trumpet, and they begin to think they're surrounded. And the Bible says they begin to turn on one another. I mean, the camp is in disarray, and God's men are standing up there just blowing the trumpets. I mean, greatest victory ever. Standing up there, blowing a trumpet, holding a lantern. Look, I would have almost probably been laughing my head off watching them run over each other. You know, like stirring up an ant bed, watching them go crazy. That's the way they were. But that was God's plan. God used an unlikely people with an unlikely plan, with unlikely weapons. And what happened in verse 21? The Bible says, and they stood every man in his place round about the camp, and all the hosts ran and cried and fled. What an unlikely victory. God used unlikely people with an unlikely plan, with unlikely weapons, and gave them an unlikely victory. So can I ask you a question tonight as we close? We look around at the world that God has called us to reach. You're thinking, surely not us. Surely God's going to call some people from a bigger church. 
with a better pastor, better looking assistant pastors. Surely it's not us. We're so unlikely. And you're thinking, oh no. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. God uses unlikely people. But wait a minute, you know, we don't have a Bible college here. You gotta have a Bible college to accomplish something in the ministry, right? I mean, we're, we don't. God says, no, I wanna use you. Unlikely people, unlikely places, unlikely weapons, unlikely plan to give you an unlikely victory. Now, here's the key, and we're done. What was the key in verse 21? And they stood every man in his place. And they stood every man in his place. Now, folks, tonight, there's an assumption that comes along with that statement that every man had a place. Could we read into that without adding to the word of God? Every man stood in his place. There was every man had a place on that mountain to hold his trumpet, to hold his pot that had the torch on the inside of it. He said, this is my place. And I've got to stand in my place and do my job, even as unlikely as I am and unlikely as this weapon is. And unlikely of a plan as this is, God uses the unlikely. So I'm just going to find my place. I'm going to get in my place. And then I'm going to let God do the rest. Do you know they didn't even have to fire a shot? God was just waiting for them to be obedient. And then God did all the rest. Just a moment, we're going to walk over to our ministry marketplace. And you're going to get to walk around and find your place. He said, well, I already have a place here. Well, you need to make sure you're serving and serving in your right place. Brother Ray brought the message about the nail. The nail is just an illustration. There's going to be a board in front of every table that's there for you to put your nail. Now, I hope that you'll sign up for two or three different ministries that are there. What's going to happen is you're going to walk around, and hopefully you've been praying, and say, I think I can help out in this ministry. All right? doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get to be the boss. But, hey, service is about service, right? And you're going to find a spot. You're going to put your nail. But just because you put your nail in one doesn't mean you can't sign up for the other. I need you to understand something. This is about commitment. This is about commitment. Our people that are going to go over, our ministry department heads are going to look over those lists, and they're going to start contacting everybody that signs up and says, hey, are you serious about being a part of this ministry? We'd like to get you plugged in. We're going to get you plugged in. Why? We need every man and every woman and every child in their place. In their place. Then, look, by being committed to not only be a part of that ministry, we're going to try to make sure every ministry has good training this year. We're going to make sure all of our people are trained for the work that we're asking you to do. And then you know what comes on the back side of that? Accountability. We're going to train you on the front end. We're going to hold you accountable on the back end. Why? Because this is ministry. This is service. Oftentimes we think, you know what, because it's a volunteer thing and I'm not getting paid for it, I don't have to be committed to it. Don't forget who we're serving. You're not serving me. Please don't, don't do it for me. You're wasting your time if you do it for me. Look, does it disappoint me when people don't serve? Absolutely, it disappoints me. But don't worry about disappointing me. You should be worried about disappointing the Lord. The other night after one of our, our nights of re renewal, uh, late night, we had some setting up to do. To be honest with you, I didn't feel like it. Do you ever just not feel like it? I just didn't feel like it. I was like, ah, oh, man, you know, late night, you don't go home, I want to rest and all of this. And I'm so thankful the Holy Spirit spoke ever so gently and says, if the Lord invited you to come to his house and to set up things for people that he's invited over to his house, would you be willing to do it? I'm like, oh, absolutely. 
if the Lord invited me to his house, he said, hey, I've got company coming over. Would you help me prepare for company that's coming over? I'm like, absolutely. And I do it with a smile on my face. Totally changed my perspective when you remember who you're doing it for. And so tonight I pray that you've been praying about your ministry place. And I pray that you're going to commit to something tonight or begin praying about committing to something to that. And we're going to try to make sure our church gets fully involved. My burden is that all of our people would find their place and get in their place and serve the Lord faithfully here at Central Baptist Church. Now, before we dismiss in prayer and have our invitation, I want to give you something to pray about right quick, okay? Uh, we didn't get to have our prayer request on uh, Wednesday night because we had the week of renewal. didn't want to have to take time to go over everything. We have several of our people tonight that are in some serious health needs that we need to be in prayer for. So I'm just going to give you some names that I'd like you to pray for during our invitation time tonight.